I, I'm just trying to solve problems. And I feel like every time I try to solve a problem in a mm-hmm. good way, you just come back and say that I did it bad. And I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't understand how I can please you anymore. Well, that's an incredibly accurate uh, recap of what's been happening, mostly because you haven't been solving any any problems. What problems have you solved? I mean, I green little pilot. From Momland Productions and Facade Media, this is Are We Sure This Is Good? with Rob Derland and Tim Mom. Hi, and welcome to Are We Sure This Is Good? I am Tim, and with me as always is Robert Chase Durland. Say hi to everybody, Rob. Hey, everybody, I'm here for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Every yes. time Tim starts the show oh. the same, it's really soothing. But now I'm here with the song, and I'm messing up your groove, and you're like, mm-hmm. I hate this, please stop. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't sing on a podcast. It's in, like, all the books. And right? this is a show about things that are good, like... That. Intros that go how you think they're going to go. That's that's something that's good. <laughs> I enjoy your energy. You bring a you bring um what are you going to call it? Like a like a heat seeking missile that didn't know what heat was. That's oh, what you just are. Seek, just yeah. a seeking missile. It's, well, that it's sounds going lonely. somewhere fast. That's that's going to be the Pixar movie of the military <laughs> industrial complex. A heat seeking missile that didn't know what it was supposed to blow up. Oh, and he's so just, just lonely. Seeky. He's got googly eyes like Forky, but he just blasts I, off. And finding Seiko. Finding Seiko. Mm. I'm looking for my son. He's an AIM-9X Sidewinder missile. Have you seen him? <laughs> I'm excited for them to subtly explain how. <laughs> oh, and then, and then Dory's a, ballistic missiles. Dory work. doesn't have Dory doesn't have any guidance. Oh, yeah. she's a she's a dumb bum. <laughs> I, I can't just change go. course. <laughs> There's, there's actually a lot of strong metaphor in this movie. Too bad it's about blowing things up. <laughs> before you, before you, I didn't know where I was going. But now, you, you and Seiko, I've locked on to you. I've, I've locked on to you. And I didn't think that was possible. This movie writes itself. It really does. This is Are We Sure This Is Good? A show where we discuss things that are good. And bad. And bad. And if they are bad, we're like, can we make them good somehow? Yeah. Or can you stop? Can you not? Please. Did you just... Cut it out. This week, we're going to be talking about working from home. Uh, a lot of people obviously doing that. And a lot of them apparently are being asked to come back to the office. A lot of yeah. half office schedules, partial office schedules, a lot of things going on. So we're going to talk about how that's affected us, I guess, mostly because... I'm not going to tell other people how to live their lives. That'd be untoward. Be and no one advice. asked him. No one asked. No one asked. Uh, first, we have some follow-up from this week. Things that are good this week. Uh, and then we play a little game called Pitch Me With Your Best Shot. We were going to pitch some movies and wonder what they would be like if they took place in the times of COVID. Then we'll talk about working from home generally and then we're going to question the nature of our reality and ask does an office environment make sense post-covid and Whoa. you know did offices ever really make sense at all period yeah that's, that's what you're run- in for today that's a good rundown probably it's a good forecast signposting there you go it's in my blood it's in your blood <laughs> yes. a lot of a lot of summarizers in your family <laughs> <laughs> yes we write toaster manuals mostly just okay. really quick and to the point directions. Okay. Pl- plug that in. makes sense. Insert so, red. Oh, I guess. Take out missed. toast. Yeah. Butter as desired. But okay. Or not. Butters and, yeah. Or jelly. Cut it diagonally. If jelly's your jam, get that stuff on there, Sam. Jelly's not your jam. Jelly's jelly and jam is jam. And preserves are preserves. And marmalade. No one knows. Get that out of here. Yeah. <laughs> sort of follow up last week. We, I guess... There's a lot of time travel stuff that we just somehow didn't talk about. I was pretty upset that we at no time mentioned Hot Tub Time Machine. So which, t- tell us how Hot Tub Time Machine fits into the, the time canon for you. How, how big of a deal is it, I guess? Uh, is it like Back to the Future big? Is it like up there? It's the pinnacle time travel movie of the 2000s. Wow. Tim. 
really just went for okay i didn't realize it was that important to you it's not important it's not a me thing i have nothing to do with me that's just fact no why rob why why is this movie so important to you it's a good time travel movie. Everybody knows this. It I'm not saying it's a bad a... time travel movie. But like you said, it was the best. It feels like something sets it apart. Was there any others during the 2000s that you can remember? No, this is the best one. It's a good... What What? what other time travel movies from the 2000s? I thought Primer Luper... was from the 2000s. I love Primer. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, that's true too. Okay. Just, it's, just a, it's just a big time travel movie that we missed. I'm sad about it. Okay. Did you like the time travel mechanics? Did you like the people? I'm just trying to figure out why it was such a oh. big deal to you that we missed it. Because yeah, the time travel mechanics are airtight in that movie. You can't you can't argue with it. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to get at, I guess. I didn't care at all that we missed Hot Tub Time Machine, and you seem to think that it was a big deal. So I was trying to it's figure out why Machine. you thought it was such a big deal. Uh, I thought it was a big deal movie. It's not a big deal movie. I don't know. It's like people always talking about, you know, like Ghostbusters. Yes. You know, Groundhog Day. Good. Hot Tub Time Machine. Nope. Two of those had Bill Murray in them. One. (laughs) And for two, I don't think Hot Tub Time Machine is in the same echelon as, let's say, Ghostbusters 2 or Ghostbusters 1. Okay, fine. We'll just agree to disagree and say that it's definitely John Cusack's best movie. Oh, okay. That's not even, that's not funny. Don't do that to me. You want to talk about John Cusack romantic comedies for an hour? Is that what you want this show to be? No, I want to talk about John Cusack's best movie, Hot Tub Time Machine. We can talk about High Fidelity. Gross Point Blank. Oh, God. See, I love Gross Point Blank. I actually like uh, Must Love Dogs. That's actually a really cute romantic comedy, mostly because of the dogs, but also because of, you know, John Cusack and Did he just get into a phase where he was doing three-syllable kind of grunty titles? Must Love Dogs. Gross Point Blank. Good. High Fidelity. That stops. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Is there rails on this thing? Because it feels like we might have got off of them. <laughs> You're the one who tried to declare Hot Tub Time Machine John Cusack's best movie. It's true. That's just hurtful. Anyway, the only other follow-up I have is that uh, episode two of Loki was really fun. I think they're doing fun things with the show. We talked about Loki a little bit last week in the larger context of cinematic time travel. Uh, a really fun discussion. I had a great time. But anyway... Episode two of Loki came out. Uh, we record these on Thursdays. So it came out on Wednesday. We got to watch it. It was great. There is a lady Loki. Hashtag spoilers. And it's a good time. Yeah, I figured we'd want to check in on Loki since we, I mean, it seems weird to just start talking about Loki and then like never talk about it again. So this is good. We can talk about a little bit here. Boom. And follow up. Yeah. As part of what I had was good. And I loved that the second episode so much at the end of it. Did okay. you get that t- too you watched the whole thing did you yes oh should we not talk about it too much no let's do it i'm with you i'm trying to what are you getting at well like at first it was like this really kind of mediocre procedural and like had a lot of just bad like tropes in it Mm -hmm. and then when i realized that that was all on purpose and for fun i was like that's amazing i love this whole thing oh what (laughs) did i miss something i don't know i just thought like the like it was really clunky and like sort of Every, it seemed like every two minutes, either Owen Wilson or Tom Hiddleston was doing that weird thing that Monk always does where he just kind of looks around and he's like, yes, I know what it is. And it's just like that thing. Yes. And they were doing that for a while. And at the end, when everything gets really messed up, you're like, that was all to throw you off. You're like, you're supposed to think that this is going to be like this one thing. And then we oh, threw it okay. all away. And now you're like, whoa, I try not to spoil too much of it, but it takes a wild shift from being what you thought it was, which I guess maybe you should think it was. This is a spoiler-heavy discussion of Loki. If you're if you're here for that, please keep listening. You're good. Now you can say whatever you want. Just as long as you give people a warning. That's all they want. So you think like the procedural elements at the beginning were to throw you off the scent of what was going to happen at the end of the episode. Yes. Oh, it was God. amazing. It was so good. It was so good in retrospect. Because I, I was like, I was kind of disappointed because like it was just like, really on the nose procedural writing and acting. It was like really weird. It was almost like a, a huge, I, I don't know. I, I think they were trying to really sell that to, yeah, to no, me. I, I got all the same notes, but I have, I was having a good time. 
I was having a good time too, but like just a different good time. Like the, when they were the, weaving the exposition into it, like, hey, did you watch the training videos? Do you know what happens? Like when a timeline hits the red oh, yeah. line and a Nexus event and all this stuff. It's like they did answer a lot of questions very quickly very too. Cool. That was you funny. do have to answer all those questions. If you're gonna like lean into the timey wimey, as we call it here at our show, this is good. If you're gonna lean into the timey wimey. You need to know. I stole, like, I stole that from a different podcast and I didn't coin it, by the way. Do you want to give them a shout out and then just feel fine about uh, it? The, the, pod, the specific podcast I stole it from was Mission to Zix, uh, which is an amazing improvised space opera. Um, and some, when they get in the time stuff, they complain about it being too timey-wimey. That's where I got it. Maybe they got it somewhere else. Beautiful. But. Mission to Six. thank you so much for that phrase. We'll be using it without credit for all time. Starting yeah. now. But hey, that podcast sounds awesome. People should go listen to it. Um, <laughs> no, but they really did have a lot of stuff that they had to answer. Like, how are the Minutemen actually dying if you run a time travel agency? How are you, how are your men actually dying? Why can't you go back earlier? But like, once a branch is created, you're stuck in that branch. And now we have to approach that branch in real time moving forward. I'm like, great. If, if you're creating this whole new world of time travel, you can l- literally say whatever you want. But it does help to know what the stakes are. Because if the stakes are anyone who's in a branch can die, it reminded me of like Wreck-It Ralph because it's a video game world. But if you die outside your own video game, if you have game hopped and now you're Wreck-It Ralph, but in a Sonic game, you can die in Sonic because you don't regenerate unless you're in your own games. Like they do that really early on in Wreck-It Ralph. They set the stakes for you like, hey, characters do regenerate and there are no stakes if they stay in their own games. And of course, everyone game hops because that's the whole point of the movie. Wreck-It Ralph's a fun one. But anyway, it reminded me of that. It's like, hey, as soon as you do this thing, there are stakes and we can't undo things and time doesn't move forwards and backwards. So I thought that was really cool. Also, once it redlines, it can't be disintegrated, which means that a lot of these are going to stick around. Like if they can't clip all the branches that fast, they're going to permanently create a multiverse, it sounds like, which is good times. Good times have had by all. But I think there might be some procedural elements. I think they might be bringing it back. Like eventually, like in a buddy cop movie where one of the buddies in the buddy cop is a convict. And that's a fairly well-established trope. Yeah. They run away and they do come back and they are still a buddy cop duo. So I think there might be more procedural buddy cop duo stuff coming our way. It does seem like they're balancing that out with these crazy reveals and a lot of fun bag of tricks. But hopefully like the the banter, the rapport between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston is Fantastic. I'm enjoying watching them talk to each other. I'd be fine with that. But just based off what, what you told me with the Rick and Morty writer, writer Rick, based off what you told me with from with the Rick and Morty writers who went over to this show and said that they were going to do some crazy stuff. Yes. I'm also expecting it to get much weirder. I hope it does. That's a fair point. In, in weird ways that I don't understand yet. <laughs> like this one did to me. It was I wasn't expecting it. No, I wasn't yeah. either. And they're setting stuff up and knocking it down really fast and in a really crisp way. Like with that time door, we talked about that last week. It looks kind of like Quantum Leap. And now you you know about the time door. The time door opens all the time. Huh. And you see the, the Minutemen come out and they are working on cutting off these these variant branches of the timeline. And then all so when the time doors open underneath all the charges that blow up different timelines. You're completely fine with it because they set it up and then paid it off. They're like, nope, these are the time doors. You know them. You've seen them in the last two episodes. You've been watching them for two hours at this point. You know how they work and that they go to other timelines or other points on the timeline. And we just opened 20 of them all at once. So I thought that was really like it's such a clean way to write it. It's yeah, it was very good. That was good. That was what I had. That one of the things that was good was Loki. Boom. And also I also got the new Ratchet and Clank. And it's uh, just crazy. It looks amazing. Like game, this game looks better than most uh, like Pixar level movies. It looks it looks better than a Pixar movie. Uh, wow. It's crazy because PS Five is the max. It's max graphics, Tim. It's the graphics. You got you got to have graphics. I'm all but about it does graphics. Look it does look amazing, and it's just really fun. Nice. And yeah, there's a lot of jumping around and shooting, just insane weaponry and the, the story the story's great okay. st- i'm i'm almost finished with it which and i will finish it very soon but that's are you gonna maybe almost finish it and then stop yourself so the game's never really over for you no because you, there's a new game plus so I'll, I'll never finish that one okay i just want to make sure you're taking care of yourself yeah 
I'm always leaving the, that door, that door in a really, really healthy way. What you got? What you got? Good. Uh, for what's good this week, um, I have uh, written down here, I don't give a fuck gardening again, because I know I've talked about gardening and I'm sorry if any listeners are sick of me talking about gardening, but you didn't stop. No, never. Not still once. going. We're having a great time. No, the kids are out there uh, weeding with me. Uh, they got to pull up radishes. We got to harvest for the first time. So we're cutting spinach leaves off of the spinach plants and bringing those inside. And then we wash them and put them on their sandwiches. And now like they're eating spinach and they're happy about it because it's on a turkey sandwich and they can't really taste a ton of it. So that's obviously part of it. But another big part of it is like they're clipping the leaves and washing them and patting them dry and putting them on their sandwiches and watching their faces when they pull like radishes out of the ground that they planted. Like they put the seeds in. And now it's this giant radish. Not giant, but, you know, as big as radishes get. How big do radishes get, Tim? You know, it's like golf ball size. Oh, okay. They're not big, like, but to a five-year-old, this thing went one for anyone, really. The magic of seeds is amazing. It's like Fern Gully all over again. We're just having a great time. Taking good care of the garden. They ask about watering it like every day. And we can't water it every day because things will get overwatered and that kind of thing. But they're like, do we need to water the plants? It's really sunny outside. And I know plants need sun, but they also need water. And they're five. And they're just, I don't know, I'm really enjoying it. So, cool. gar- gardening. Um, the other thing is summer camp. My kids are starting. Summer camp? Summer camp. Not overnight camp or anything crazy. They're only five. Oh. But we're doing like nine to noons at the local children's museum. Monday through Friday starting next week. So, like starting next monday like they're gonna leave the house and they've been home with me since uh we'll get into that more later when we talk about working from home but like since the pandemic hit uh i've been home with my kids and so for them to like leave and go do stuff it's like a stepping stone for us towards uh kindergarten which is why we signed up for all these summer camps to really get them in the groove so it wasn't such a shock when they just like left the house all day on their first day of kindergarten so we did kindergarten roundup and we're doing these summer camps so like it's nine to noon all week and we did sign up for four of them so like two of them are nine to noon and two of them are one to fours. So they'll get used to being away from the house uh, in the morning, away from the house in the afternoon. Just little three little three hour little fun things for them to do every day for a week. Uh, and I'll start to transition also. It's a two way street. They aren't the only ones in for a crazy life change coming up here in August. I've been home for about 18 months uh, by then. And so it'll be a lot of stuff is going on, but it feels like a really positive step for everyone. And everyone's really excited, like 90 percent excited, 10 percent scared. Or maybe it's 90% scared, 10% excited. That's what makes it oh. so great. It's so confusing. I thought it was 80% talent, 30% speed, hydrated knowledge. And I was doing I was doing Owen Wilson from Armageddon. I don't know what this, I don't remember the song, but it's something like that. Yeah. 100% something when you remember my name. Yep. Th- that's it. That's the song. Look it up. It's probably good. Cool. <laughs> Hmm. Well, why don't you go ahead and pitch me with your best shot, Tim? COVID, right. COVID some movies for me. Or any pandemic. Here's a- the thing any about pandemic. all movies now. Mm-hmm. They're all about the end of the world and TV shows. Because the world is dying. And that's sad. Not, we'll go ahead and label that not good. The, that the world is dying? Yeah. Bad. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Looking forward to endless sleep. <laughs> Getting some Agent Smith vibes from you. <laughs> the human race is a disease. And we are the cure. It's not not a disease. That was Hugo Weaving. I'm, I'm doing impressions this week. I don't know why. I can't be stopped. That was pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> okay, so what do you got for your downer COVID movie? Or is it an upper COVID movie? Is this COVID cocaine? That's my movie. Okay, I'm just starting with the title. My movie's called COVID Cocaine. I'll get to it later. Okay. So on Pitch with Your Best Shot, yeah, uh, the challenge this week was to pitch a movie that is an existing movie, and we're going to rewrite it with a quarantine element, uh, presumably because of COVID, because we're talking about working from home this week. So I did When Harry Met Sally, oh. but I added a COVID element to the second time they meet. So have you seen When Harry Met Sally? Uh, along, uh, basically no. Okay. So they, they drive cross country once as college students and then they meet again. I think it's like 15 years later, like they're deep into their thirties. I think the next time they meet. Okay. And then the first time they meet, they don't really vibe. They like get on each other's nerves quite a bit. And the second time they meet, it's in a bookstore and it's kind of a meet cute. I think he's divorced. She, yeah, I think they're both divorced or both got out of long-term relationships. I forget which, but they end up getting together. Obviously, it's a romantic comedy. Uh, not a 
some would call it the romantic comedy. Oh, it, it's a fantastic film. Rob Reiner directed it, and it's a really good romantic comedy that most romantic comedies steal from. Anyway, yep. that's a whole other conversation. My thing was that the second time they meet, they would get stuck somewhere and then end up quarantining together. And so the whole second act basically would become them quarantining in COVID. One of them would get it. Then they would have to keep quarantining. The other one would get it. And they have to keep quarantining. And you'd stretch out this period where they learn to like each other and love each other and build that into a quarantine scenario. And then, of course, the quarantine would lift and they would like break up and then get back together on New Year's the way that When Harry Met Sally actually ends because you can't change the ending of When Harry Met Sally. It's fantastic. <sighs> yeah. Love it. But I think that, yeah, that middle act two or beginning act two into like halfway through act three, you can totally do a cool quarantine thing there. And I think cool quarantine thing is not a sentence that a lot of people are saying right now. <sighs> In the cinematic movie sense, I'm not trying to minimize the effects. Oh, we no, should I just, just be upfront about that. This the whole thing sucks and everything's been terrible and lots of people have been sick and lots of people died. But well, I, I maybe this is a bad segment. Then. Maybe we shouldn't be pitching movies with COVID things in if you're going to make should. fun of. I wasn't making fun of you. I just, I just the term "cool quarantine" thing is if a cool it's term. It's a meet cute rom com, and they're having a quarantine together. It, it's like there was a movie about that with like a, a one night stand that turns into a relationship because they got stuck in a blizzard. So it's kind of like that, but really amped up because they're going to be stuck together for like a month with like 14 day quarantines together. I haven't figured out the logistics of it. I just think the second act of when Harry Met Sally works as a quarantine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I get you. I'm All picking right. up what you're putting down. Cool. I'm looking forward to making fun of your pitch. Let's hear it. Mine's called COVID cocaine. Uh, Terrible title. Continue. Yeah, it's, it's an awful title, but the movie's going to be a smash. It's, it's based on a lot of movies like this. There is some sort of retired criminal who needs to go back in for one last job, but COVID's around, right? And it's a little bit worse. It doesn't, it, it kills maybe a little bit more people, but like it incapacitates you when you get it because it makes you so sick. So you can't finish it. And the only way he figured out to do it is he can cocaine his way through it and not get the sickness. So he's got to stay or some other drug, but he's got to COVID cocaine his way to to the finish line. Like that one movie, Crank. I was going to say, oh, this is just Crank. Yeah, that's that's yeah. my job. Let's say Crank. You yeah. It. Not, well, I don't have anything to say now. Yeah, it's just Crank, but there's also COVID. Okay. COVID, COVID Crank is good, too. So you, crank my, my pitch is bad because it turns a COVID scenario into a meet cute for a rom-com. I didn't rom say your pitch was bad. I just but said your pitch is statement. fine, even though it makes COVID way scarier. And the yeah. only way to avoid certain death is through the rampant use of life-altering hard drugs. That's have have we as a nation tried that? That's a fair point. Have we given that a shot? It's 2021. Let's expand our horizons. Okay. Maybe maybe that's out there. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Kids, cocaine's probably bad. I don't know. I've never tried it. Or or here, just needles. Like uh, like they say, needles and powders, just cut it. Just don't do that. If it grows in the ground, it's probably all right. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff comes from... Oh. Don't do drugs. What's funny Point. is that your biggest problem from last week was that we had too much usable content. I think we really <laughs> solved that. We're solving that this week in real time. This is double usable. <laughs> now that you don't want me to use it, I'm going to use this even harder. Please, God. There's so much cutting around the pitch me with your best shot that I hope you do. No, there's not. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> so, so yeah. COVID cocaine? Yeah. Does he have a sidekick? Got- does the retired chemical... Does he have a sidekick? Oh, yeah. Uh, a drug rep. A pharmaceutical rep? Or does the he- person sell yeah. cocaine? Yep. Well, but it does- What? He doesn't does sell it- cocaine. He's a, he's a pharmaceutical rep. Okay. She's a pharmaceutical rep. He or she is a pharmaceutical rep. Okay. Is there a and love interest or is the love interest also the sidekick? Nope. No love interest. Why is he doing this? What's the one last job? What's the motivating factor? He gets a city named after him in Canada. So it's a legacy play. He wants to cement his legacy by yep. having a city named after him. In Canada. So he's going to get in Canada. He's going to get hopped up on cocaine. Go into America, 
has to stay on cocaine so COVID can't get him. This is in Russia, bro. This happens all in Russia. What? <laughs> did I miss that? Did you already say that or are you adding that right now? I'm adding it right now. Okay. Flipping, this, flipping it. It's, in, it's happening in Russia for some reason. So he's in Russia. He's high on cocaine and he's- COVID. Yeah. COVID cocaine. COVID cocaine to keep the COVID away. Also, there's nuclear mutants. Okay. Because of Chernobyl. So, oh, so it's like Robocop where mutants just show up at the end and you're like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. Okay. You're going to explode one with a car in slow motion? Yeah, but two of them with two cars. Boom. Slower motion. Too fast, too furious. Double the budget, double the fun. Why does he want the city in Canada named after him if he's Russian? Because he wants to show his kids that anything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a follow your dreams story? Yeah, he's... You know, it starts. Is, is he a reading, small animated re- ferret doing cocaine? Like, is this a Pixar movie? Yep. Great. It's Pixar. This is one of his kids is like, Daddy, how come there's no one on the map named after us? And Jason Statham playing the ferret says, All right, they leave one. <laughs> He's not uh, Australian. Stop it. <laughs> all right. It, well, it's, I'll, okay. keep that, I'll keep that shitty name after you. I just gotta go through Russia. Oh, cocaine. Cocaine, COVID, cocaine. That was like an Australian into a Michael Caine. <laughs> I don't think it even touched Jason Statham at any point. <laughs> I think it's because you had to say cocaine while trying to do an Australian accent that your brain naturally found Michael Caine. It was Jason Stath Jason. It was a Jason. <laughs> Jason Statham adjacent? Is that what we're trying was, to say? It was adjacent Statham. <laughs> adjacent Statham. Okay, now that's a movie. That okay. one is a biopic about Jason Statham, played by various actors that look kind of like Jason Statham. I would watch like a talking head documentary about people that were co-stars of Jason Statham's, and then it would just be like Jason Statham adjacent. And the- Jason Statham? Yeah. Adjacent Statham? Yeah. That's the one I've been trying to say this whole time. Okay. Hmm. So those are coming to theaters very soon. Yeah. If not tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Because of streaming? <laughs> 2021. Okay. So just to review for the listeners, the... uh Assignment in the Google Doc was to pitch a movie that is an existing movie, but with COVID <laughs> as a as a plot device. And Rob's movie stars Jason Statham voice acting a ferret invading Russia while high on cocaine in order to have a city in Canada named after him to secure his family's legacy and show his children that anything is possible. And he has to do the cocaine. So the COVID can't get him, which is why the movie is called COVID Cocaine. Yeah. And presumably there's a heist element. He'll be stealing something because you said he was a career criminal coming out of retirement. So once he steals something from Russia, high on cocaine, he'll get it out. He has to steal the body of Joseph Lennon. Okay. I'm going to jump right over that. My biggest question is, does he die at the end? Like, is it a movie where the hero yeah. finishes the job and then dies, and then it's like the town being renamed is the, the end of the movie? Yeah, he dies right before the renaming ceremony of COVID, because oh. he, he ran out of cocaine. He ran out of cocaine. Well, I have a great idea. So, they renamed the town after him, okay? It's now Jason Stathamopoulos. Yep. And, like, as they unveil the statue, it starts to snow, and it lands on his nose, and it looks just like cocaine. <laughs> Credits. That's perfect. Let's write this up. I feel like I feel like we're gonna get options left and right. Yep. So that was pitch me with your best shot, and that was arguably <laughs> the best one it's ever been. I'm sorry I came out so hard against your movie. Uh, I love it, and I want to help you write it. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> You're lucky to it'll get a producer the, credit at this point. It'll be the first R-rated Pixar Pixar feature. Pixar. Oh, that's a pirate movie. That doesn't work. So those are movies. They're going to be guess great. Next time I'll listen, I'll read and listen better, Tim. But 
sometimes you know what? I don't want to listen. Sometimes I put my head in the clouds and I just let them float there, and then stuff kind of just washes by my ears. And maybe I get it, maybe I don't, and maybe I uh, do something wrong, and maybe it's good anyway. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Sue me? No, I'm gonna eat on mic. Don't bother you. Don't bother me. Does I can I can see it in your face. I know you're not supposed to do it, but we've already sang. Um, we've talked way too much about COVID. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's make keep this... talking about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so today's main topic is uh, working from home. Um, a lot of that going around. I've done it since 2009. Man, I didn't realize you'd been there that long. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's working start there. Let's home. start with our, our brief work thing just real quick and then how the covid affected your work and we'll start so people know where you're you're coming from a little bit yeah well i'm a photographer sort of pretty much just go with that yeah there's a lot more to it but uh yeah so i work from i've worked from home for since 2009 and when covid came around i kept working from home and i will get to work from home after covid so i'm very lucky in that regard if you i mean if you are a proponent of working from home like I am. But you have some uh, office requirements, right? I have to go in sometimes a couple times a week, but, you know, for the most part. Okay. Uh, I have to go in once or twice a week, but other than that, I work from home. So, yeah. And even, I mean, I'm very lucky to have that and very grateful for that. But I know a lot of people don't get that option and would like that option. Especially after having that option for so long, I can understand that for sure. Yeah, the transition back feels like it would be very difficult if you found a rhythm that you liked. I think working from home is kind of coupled right now because of the quarantines and school closures with I'm working from home and my school-aged children are also at home with me. And that creates an incredibly stressful, difficult environment. I totally get that. Uh, I'm a stay-at-home parent and I can't imagine trying to work 40-hour weeks from home while being a functional stay-at-home parent. So that sounds like like a whole other kind of side thing. Not side oh, yeah. thing. A whole other main, main issue that is going to be dealt with uh, coming up here in August, depending on how school districts handle that. Yes. So I, I, I send my daughter to daycare. So I do not have to. I am, again, fortunate enough to be able to do that. So so like, did you, did you have a daycare hiccup at all when the... All the closures started last February and March. I, maybe I just use a disreputable daycare. They didn't close <laughs> ever. No, a lot of them didn't. Mine did. Uh, they had a problem with staffing because the staff's uh, children weren't going to the daycare. They were school age. So like first graders and second graders aren't old enough to like be at home alone. And so all of a sudden the staff had to go be with their kids because the schools had closed, which meant the daycare didn't have enough staff. To stay open. So it's kind of a domino effect that closed my daycare. It wasn't like a, I don't believe it was a COVID precaution. It was just a confluence of events. Sure. So yeah, I worked from home briefly. It it was kind of just a vagabond work experience, which was actually enjoyable for me. I was travel. I was a theater, uh, what you would call it. I worked for, uh, on the food and beverage side uh, of a theater in management. And we did. Theater? Uh, what's that? A movie theater. Movie theater right? chain, yeah. So, like, yeah, they had uh, a few different theaters uh, in Omaha and Sioux City and Nebraska City, just all around uh, the Nebraska, Iowa area. And a lot of times I was working from home, just at home with my laptop. I'd get the kids off to daycare. Uh, and then I'd be looking at sales reports, uh, loss reports, trying to figure out how we can boost profitability, new food items we could bring in, that kind of thing. And then um, you'd have to travel to all these different theater locations, but that was kind of fun too. So, you just set up in the auditorium or in the, the lobby of a theater and have some M&Ms and then talk to the managers about what they were seeing. So, yeah, it was a very – it also was a very non-traditional, non-office-y uh, environment. And then uh, all theaters closed and my kids had nowhere to go. And so, I ended up at home with my kids. Uh, yeah, since like last March. So gotcha. That's been us. I, I think, yeah, my work from home story is really like a stay-at-home parent story. Because okay. I haven't had a jobby job, but I've been doing a lot of uh, dad, dad things. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of where we're coming from. So I guess let's, um, my biggest question for you is what surprised you most about working from home? 
this is going to surprise a lot of people, but uh, there a lot of people think that you work from home, you're going to get distracted all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no distractions at home. There's no, there's nobody else there who is distracting you. Like you might say, you know, the TV or your dog, like the dog isn't bugging me about work stuff. Sure. It has to go outside and go to the bathroom. And I do sometimes too. So it's not like it's different than when you were, well, I think it's way more distracting to be in an office with other people because people are talking, you hear them laughing and, you know, giggling or, you know, something loud happens from a person mm-hmm. and it's startling. Cause you're like, I didn't make that noise. And yeah, it's way so less really the, like the focus elements of being in your own space. Yeah. It's, there's no one else. There's, it's just you and sure. maybe the, the cast of the office. If you want a little, if you want to feel like there's humans in the room. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, my wife uh, has been working from home as well uh, for about a year now. And yeah, she has like a little office set up off of our bedroom. But yeah, I, as far as I know, and we've talked about it a little bit, but like her productivity is actually great. Like she'll come out and grab coffee, but like me and the kids are doing our thing. We get to say hi to her. I bring her lunch because I make me and the kids lunch. I'll bring that in and everything. So she likes that element. And if she can snag a lunch break, now all of a sudden she can like walk out and have a quick 20 minute lunch with me and the kids. And now she gets to see her kids at lunch, which obviously most working parents don't get to do. And so like those fun little things from home, I think are fun, but on the distraction side, like she's down the hall in our bedroom, the doors are closed. We're, we try to play in the basement and keep things quiet, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I think she would tell you that it was a lot less distracting than she thought it was going to be. Because I remember thinking it was going to be a big deal. But like once we found our, our footing, which took like a, you know, two, three weeks. Uh, but like once we were in a rhythm, everyone kind of figured out where we were supposed to be. And yeah, it's been, it's been very focused on my side. I think the, the lack of structure being a, a problem was a surprise to me. I thought it was going to be great, you know, just kind of freewheeling, hanging out, doing stuff with kids. They were four at the time. And that was the opposite of true. Uh, kids love structure, telling them what we were going to do between breakfast and lunch. And then, Having them remember that and do it was super, super helpful. And then we'd sit down and have lunch and I would tell them the next three things we were going to do and we'd go to these three things. And just having a schedule and sticking to it and creating that routine and that structure for them and for me, I didn't realize how much I needed it. Like to talk about how much kids need structure, I really, really needed to know what was going to happen with my day. Otherwise, everything just kind of becomes this like floating mess of to-dos, I guess. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean... No, I was going to ask you, you started working from home in 09. What changed uh, at the beginning of the quarantine? Like, what was your household's general response to that? Or how did you change your working style? Or did it not change much? I didn't really change anything. My my child did not go to school school. So she just went to daycare. My life wasn't that much different, uh, except I wore masks places outside. So, um, yeah, I... My my working situation was pretty much the same. I I guess I got to work from home more because I didn't have to go in those couple times a week that I had to before, which was also nice uh, to not have to go anywhere more often. Yeah, that's a generally good thing. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm used to working from home. Uh, I do think that I work better from home uh, just because I am in like a space where I can be as creative as I, as I need to be. And I can, uh, work in a way that suits me best, whether if I'm just sitting at my desk or if I want to sit in my recliner or lay down on a couch and hold my laptop on my chest, like some sort of weird chin person, mm-hmm. which, you know, sometimes you you can mix it up and be in different places. And then, you know, that helps my creativity for sure. You gotta be creative. Sometimes yeah, it's weird how some of that, like it, it feels like it's the same way with not to compare you to small children, but I'm going to now kids need the same kind of thing. And I, it feels like we pretend that adults don't need those things anymore. Like adults can just sit in a box and, and do what they're told, but just like the kids are going to do two different activities that both involve like a table. We're going to do Play-Doh and then later in the day, like immediately after Play-Doh time, we're going to do coloring. Both of those involve just sitting and doing a task. But if you don't get up and move to a different spot between those two things, they get really restless. They get punchy. They get antsy. I don't know what you want to call it. 
like if we clean up all the play-doh and we get up and we put the play-doh stuff away and then we pick out our coloring sheets and now they're sitting at like a little desk area which is different than the kitchen table which is where we were doing play-doh we have two different sets of chairs and two different things all of a sudden there's a clear delineation between those tasks and they got to stand up for a little bit and walk around and everybody got to grab snacks or go to the bathroom or do whatever they needed to do and it all sounds really structured and really preschooly because it is but it feels like a lot of those things don't go away uh, as we get older and we pretend that they do when really it would be great if i could get up and move to another space just to do a different thing. Like I want to go, like you're saying, I just want to lay on the couch while doing this. I'm going to have my laptop open, but like, I want to stretch my legs out. I want to do whatever. I want to walk around while I do this task. I want to go sit on the stairs and watch my dog. I want to do all these little things that can help make it. So the monotony of the day gets broken up and yeah, we pretend it's for little kids and it's, it is, and it's great and it's helpful and it's been a, a, a big help, but it, I think a lot of adults, at least me, I don't want to speak for other people. That's a, why, why do that? I want to get up. I want to move to, I used to do that when I had an office and had a jobby job. I had like two chairs on the other side of my desk where like people could come in and sit if I needed to have clients in there or if one of the other people in the office wanted to come in. I would go sit in those chairs with my laptop and like out of my office chair, out of my ergonomically correct lumbar supportive chair, just to have somewhere else to sit. I would wander around the office and go sit in the break room. I would, I had a laptop so I could do that. And it was just, just to get a change of scenery, just to move around a little bit. There was a restaurant in the lobby of my building and I would go take a three hour lunch. And it wasn't like taking a three hour lunch as in like screwing around. I would just drink iced tea. Not every day. <laughs> <laughs> but like after you have lunch, like they're not going to kick you out. No one really cares. Especially if you sit at the bar and you're only taking up one stool. Like I'm just drinking iced tea and working. I just really wanted to be in a different space. And I really, I, I thought it was helpful. I don't know that, you know, my office mates agreed. I think they wondered where I was a lot, but. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and when I do go to the office again, I'm very fortunate. Like, I can move around in the office as well. They have different reading areas and working areas there. It is just the thing that's different is there are other people there and they can see you and I just get a little self-conscious sometimes. So I do like to be able to do that thing in private. For sure. And also, you can't, t- it's weird at the office if you take your laptop into the bathroom. Yeah. I can do that at home. Or if you take your day. pants off in your office. Exactly. So there, I mean, just t- like the logistics of time, I am putting more time in. Two things. Yeah. Because I can do take my laptop in different places. You don't want to sanitize the laptop, but otherwise I'm I'm fine with this scenario. Oh yeah. You don't you definitely sanitize a lot. It's good. <laughs> no, I think pants and creativity have an inverse relationship to each other. Like if you're gonna write something and try to get creative or do anything. I mean, you, you couldn't know. be you couldn't be biologically more accurate. <laughs> Fair enough. So what do you think of the Where's the push to get back to the office coming from? Like, do you feel you said you were going back to the office more now? Yeah. Oh, I think uh, some people don't like to work at home. Some people want to be around other people, which is not a sentiment I understand. Sure. But some people want to go back to the office. So there's that. You don't miss the rhythms of human connection? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) <laughs> Not even a little bit. I, 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 I definitely do. I, I'm a fairly social person. And the first three months of quarantine were really hard in that regard. Just the isolated nature of being with kids and not having any adult conversations throughout the day. So I definitely relied on a lot of text threads. And I, I was also trying to get off social media because it really felt toxic. And I still believe that I'm not... I don't lament the fact that I'm not on Facebook anymore. And I, I'm glad that I have different text threads that I can talk to all my little friend groups. Uh, I have one with just my brothers and one with people I went to law school with. Um, and one, it's mostly like people I used to live with and and uh, people that went to high school together. So that's a really fun one. But no, it's just nice to talk to people. Even if it's not uh, about anything, uh, uh, you know, small talk can be mind-numbingly boring and small talk can be a waste of time. But it is nice to see other humans and just like, hey, especially if they have like anything in common, like, hey, how's your kid? This is going around the the school or the daycare. Like it's our first ear infection. Have you ever done an ear infection with a three year old before? Just like little like, oh, yeah, that happens. Don't feel bad. Like this is this is what you do. Blah, blah, blah. Like little parenty elbow rubbing 
I don't know what else to call it now because you've tattooed it on my brain, but like the rhythms of human connection where you just get to chat with people a little bit and hear about their day, hear about their kids and and connect with them. Missing that the first three months, like March, April, May of 2020, that was that was really tough for me. So I, I think we are slightly different. Like I also feel like I focus better at home. I feel like I can be more productive and be more creative. Um, and the workday just kind of bleeds in. It's like when you're talking about being productive more time, like actually putting in more hours. I definitely felt that way when I still had a job. Uh, when I was working from home, like I would get up and the kids are eating breakfast and I, my laptop was open. I was just checking emails. Like my workday had started and it's not even like 7 a.m. yet. Like it was crazy early and I'm already just like sending out emails and doing all this stuff. And so the first thing people see when they open their computers is my emails from an hour ago. Like I'm at the top of the inbox, which is a great place to be. I don't know why emails are organized that way. It really shouldn't be. <laughs> but like the latest and loudest thing for a lot of people that worked at our company was me because I was sending emails out between like six and eight and they would open their emails at eight thirty, nine o'clock. And the first three things were all, so I got all my stuff done kind of like wrapped up with replies and everything before noon. And then after lunch, you can work on your bigger picture projects and that kind of thing. And that was kind of how my day was structured, but you get a big jump on it. At least I did during the day. So. I mean, that's a bad, that's a bad part of working at home at your work life balance is kind of messy. Yeah. And it's hard to draw those lines. Also, you do live where you work. So that can be kind of a bummer. You're like trying to do something. You're like, Oh, if you, if you're wanting to watch, TV and you were working on the couch all day. It's like, I was working here all day. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely but, feel that way with the, the kids it, on days where we can't go anywhere. Like today it was 104 degrees. Like we're not going to the park with two five-year-olds in 104 degree weather. We went, we tried to go early at nine and that didn't really work. But then like, yeah, by the end of the day, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, Hey, I just want to get out of the house. I just want to do anything. Like, I, I get that everyone kind of wants to wide down and watch a movie. Like you're saying, like I've been in these two rooms, just moving between kitchen and living room for 10 hours now. Like I want to do something else. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the work life thing is off, but I mean, for me, the, I mean, obviously there's benefits. You don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have to wear nicer clothes, this and that obvious things. But I think people have a hard time giving it up just because they don't understand. They don't understand how control works when you can't see people as well when they, or they have misconceptions about the level of distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just like a cognitive thing where like you feel like you can't control people as well if you can't see them. And that, I mean, it controls well. Some people definitely do want control over their employees is probably not a term that all people want, but uh, ensuring accountability is probably a better yeah. uh, term. Well, like it's, you're saying, the office as a distraction-free environment isn't really a true thing unless your internet is like super locked down. And even if it is, everyone has a portable internet device now. So you can just be on social media and do whatever you want on your phone. It's like the idea that because they're in this building, they're more productive, especially in a smartphone age, feels misguided. Where if they are bored because they're sitting in the same room for five hours... Like after hour five, it feels like productivity is going to take a sharp dive. At least that's my experience. But it takes me two hours to sit down and focus on anything anyway. So the first two hours are kind of crap too. The well, middle even, three hours of the workday, that's when stuff even, gets done. Even when I'm slacking, I slack less because there's nobody to be slacking with. Like are you using, I, like talking about Slack the app or Slack the verb? Oh, no. Sorry. If I'm slacking off like uh, not working and I'm looking at the internet, like Twitter, mm-hmm. since I'm by myself, like I get bored of that. And like, if I, if I maybe was slacking off at the office, I might do that and then go, Hey, check out this tweet. Somebody's shoes are made of soap. And then we'd, I'd laugh with another person, but Mm -hmm. now I just, I get bored of it and I get back to work sooner. Yeah. I remember in my old office, people would just wander in because they were bored. I was like, no, I'm actually just finished a cup of coffee. Like I'm in a focused mode. And I'm going to get this done before lunch. Like, that's what I have on my docket is to f- make sure this goes out before I go to lunch. And then when I come back, I have three afternoon projects. And like this can't spill into the afternoon. And they're just, they would just walk in and sit down. And it was like, ah, uh, hi. And they're like, so, how was your weekend? I'm like, now we did small talk time. That was when we were all standing around the coffee maker waiting for it to make coffee. But it made the coffee. And then we poured it. And now we're done. 
but my office was right across from the break room where the coffee machine was. Yeah. So people would just like grab it and they would see me and just like walk in. Like, hey man, you not being productive isn't really my thing. See, that's that's the thing. Like, if you get up and wander at your house, even if you're a person that starts to talk to other people, mm-hmm. like you're forced to start talking with yourself. And then you accidentally start coming up with ideas like pretty quickly. <laughs> you'll start you'll start talking about some you'll start, you know, going over fun stuff. But eventually, at least for me, at some point I latch on to like, oh, hey, what about that problem we were thinking about earlier, Rob? And then, you know, I don't know, it just seems like a self-fulfilling cycle of productivity all around yeah. uh, when, you, when you feel free in your environment but are also free from other human distractions. So I, yeah, I think it's, I love it. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had a job where it made sense to be in an office? Uh, dentistry, I hear is hard yeah. to do work from home wise. Uh, but I, van, I, there's potholes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't, I've had jobs where I had to work at, at the place because like I worked as an Apple computer salesman. Uh, I suppose that ki- that's just the internet now. Um, Mostly. So you can, um, they so still I, have those though, right? Apple computer salesman? Yeah. Or computer salesman in general? Yes. The, <laughs> we have a giant, if you're not from Nebraska or Texas or Iowa or Kansas, Kansas you don't know City, about. Yeah. Or maybe you do. I guess it's huge. You might know about Nebraska Furniture Mart. It is one of the largest retail buildings on the planet, uh, or at least it was. So they sell all kinds of computers, and I guess people still work there selling them. They do. I walk past that section when I have to go like look at a mattress. But yeah, I guess I mean I don't know if that has. It's there because it's there. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't have to be there. You can buy a computer on the internet. So, and I mean, yeah, I don't know why there's a store. Some people want to go, I guess they're the same people that want to go to the office. They want to go talk to somebody about their computer. Well, you want to touch it, you know, before you buy it. Tactile, tactile people. There you go, Tim. They're just using that brain. I try. Tech, tacticians, tactilators. I did remember I, I walked into Best Buy and I was like, hey, do you have this iPhone case? And they were like, no, but we can order it for you. I was like, no, the, the point of coming into Best Buy was that I was going to like, Touch it, it and, now. And, and see the case. Not just also get it get now, it. though that was yeah. part of it. But it was like, I wanted to know how the case felt in my hand. I'm going to like hold it literally every day. So I wanted to know how it felt. And they're like, yeah, we don't have it. And then again, they just add, they offer like, but we can order it for you. I'm like, I literally already ordered it like while we're standing here. I mean, you can even, I, I don't know how much I want to show for Amazon, but you could just order something, try it out and send it back now. And Boom. it's no big deal. Um, so I don't. I, I guess sales jobs have to be there sometimes. That's that's the job I had to be there. I don't know. Do you have a job you have to be there? I guess if you have a movie theater and you're doing other movie theater stuff, you probably have to be at the movie theater. Yeah, you got to go. You got to check on things a lot of time, make sure they're doing all the stuff. So like a lot of stuff I did was compliance. Like, hey, do you have everything out? Is everything displayed? Are you selling stuff? Are you upselling things? So, that's, I mean, I guess all the service industry stuff probably can't be done from home. That sort of stuff. That, that, like that I said, probably. Like you're thinking about it. You're like, well, maybe. Maybe. No, and then, yeah, I had lots of jobs here and there. I was a, uh, worked at Menards selling paint. I was in the paint department. And that makes sense, like, to have a big thing. Because, you know, paints, paint cans are heavy. And people need to come in and get different colors and different finishes. And it's like home improvement stores strike me as still. I Just because they, I they mean, but you could. You can get that all online. Yeah. If you wanted to, maybe 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 it's just how like my brain hasn't evolved that far into the e-commerce way of thinking where I think Lowe's shouldn't exist, but like Lowe's makes sense to me because I want to walk around like, Hey, I need like a five quarter inch pressure treated deck board. I need these screws, but I don't know if what I'm getting is the right thing. Can you like show me different options? Can we talk about it? That's See, more of an Ace Hardware thing, I guess, because, you know, like teenagers work at Lowe's. You got to watch out for that. You want to go to Ace Hardware. You want to get a nice older dude. Have him walk you around. That's the well, dream. There's the, there's the dichotomy, huh? If I, I, it seems like a lot of people, or maybe it's just me, a lot of people like working from home or ha- have that option to work from home, right? Yeah. Here's the thing about that. A lot of those work from home is going to be tech focused or for giant companies. That's yeah. kind of what we're getting at. 
For sure. So if you're also a person that's like, I don't want to get all my stuff at Amazon and I want to go to the local Ace Hardware, you have to be okay with the world where not everything's work from home because work from home is not going to give you small independent businesses. <laughs> that's uh, that's a good point. Well, I think I feel like a lot of small businesses are service focused. So like you, I think you can have your cake and eat it too a little bit because like you can have a mom and pop ice cream shop that you want to go buy ice cream from and support. And then if there's no need for you to be in an office environment, like you're going to cut videos together from your house. Most knowledge workers, like you were saying, that work in any kind of larger corporate setting can do a lot of their work from home. If there's no need for that to exist. Like, I don't think anyone's going to feel better that the person answering their call from like customer service at Amazon is in their house or in a call center. I True. don't feel like that that affects the customer a lot, I guess. So maybe if there's no customer effect. Yeah. Like, what were you getting at with, with the, the Ace Hardware thing? Like, I think the bigger companies like have figured out that decentralizing their accountability is good for business financially. And I think that like smaller companies, it depends on who's running it as far as like, they might not see the benefit of wanting to let people work from home because they don't understand, like they don't, they don't, doesn't, doesn't reconcile for them the accountability part of it. Okay. You know, so they're not willing to make that leap. So I think a lot of them are, a lot of your smaller companies are probably, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe now after COVID, a lot of them will go work from home. Now, all the time. But I think less of those will. Well, there's a huge commercial but, real estate component like added into all this, like where people who own those office buildings or lease office space and there's a whole financial ramification set of dominoes that are going to come if like Microsoft or PayPal or Gallup, like these big companies that used to have these huge office suites and call centers and everything like the technology we have now, like you can just log in and we'll route calls to your to your house and you can be wearing a headset and you can still work customer service and do all these things. And we don't need you here. Like, obviously that's not going to work for everyone, but I feel like there's going to be a huge financial problem. And like people who work in that area and that sector are going to want to everyone back to work so they can lease more office space and build more office buildings. And like, like you just think here in Omaha, like driving around the biggest buildings, especially the new ones being built, except for the Amazon fulfillment center. That's definitely just all service, but most of them are just office buildings for companies that want to have uh, a giant office presence. Like we have Gallup and PayPal and all those people here because we have non-regional addiction and everyone wants Nebraska employees to answer their phones. Yay. What else about Nebraskans is bland and indistinct? I love, love making. <laughs> oh God. That was a Steve Colbert bit from the early aughts. Better know a district. It was a good one. Uh, but yeah, it does feel like it varies quite a bit, obviously from company to company and from person to person. But it also feels like if it works for the company and the person, the accountability piece that you're hitting on is is the main reason not to. Like, I want to be able to yell at them to put their phone down and not trust that they're going to be on their phone on Facebook all day kind of situation. Yeah, but, I think... Yeah, a lot of smaller companies will be driven by emotion and the bigger companies will be driven by like data and see, you know, so that's that's what I'm thinking there. I do think that if it's possible in your industry, you should see if you you could you should uh, talk to people, see if you can make it happen. You know, man, working from home. See, I got to find a job now. The kids are going back to school. It's going to be interesting. I wonder if my job will be working from home. That'll be fascinating. I hope so. <laughs> make things simpler make things easier for sure well, that about covers it for me i had a great time yep. <laughs> yeah you know thanks for coming i appreciate it hey thanks for having me you're welcome what was uh what was your favorite part of the show today definitely covid cocaine okay that's the highlight of the show i might cut out the working from home bit and just make it about covid cocaine <laughs> what about you <laughs> what was your favorite part um i like talking about what was good i like some of the loki follow-up i like talking about that show a little bit i think it's i think they're onto something good there but i also enjoyed yeah pitch me with your best shot was fun i think uh i think your take on the assignment was more of a free-ranging discussion 
And I, I like that. And mine was just like a, hey, what if this uh, old movie that I liked had a quarantine bit in the middle? So I, I think it was two very, very different approaches. But I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed talking about both of them. I did too. Okay. We should do this again, maybe like next Wednesday. <sighs> you know, I can't. Uh, I feel like I told you that. I feel uh, I can't do things on Wednesdays. Uh, I have a thing. But uh, I could do Thursday. Okay. Next Thursday it is. This was fun. This was fun. This has been Are We Sure This Is Good? with Rob Durland and Tim Malm. You can find us online at areweshorethisisgood.com. If you want to see things we think are good, check out the Are We Sure This Is Good YouTube channel or follow us on Twitter at AWSTIG. Suggestions or questions? Drop us a line at areweshorethisisgood at gmail.com. From all of us here at Malmland, keep those headphones at a reasonable volume, never argue with a drunk, and whenever possible, hug someone you love. Wait, you ready? Do you need to get, go potty? <laughs> I like how we both say potty because we have children. <laughs> I said that at a restaurant. No, I, I'm just first. doing that for you. I asked Millie if she needs to take a piss. Oi! Oi! <laughs> You go take a piss? Millie. I'm Jason Statham. That's so You go take a piss? It's not close. No, that, see, now you went New Zealander. You're yeah, moving you north out of Australia, so that's good. You need to go, you need to go take a piss? Hey, hey, there they want. You need to go Have out you and take a... Have you changed snatch?